0: on specifics, as some Republicans say, it's time to take on Iran. So what comes next? Plus, Republican lawmakers set to drop articles of impeachment against the head of the Department of Homeland Security, a top Democrat speaking moments ago, and we will tell you what he said. And is the Biden campaign going to run it to the left with Taylor Swift? We'll show you the headlines that are raising that possibility. Thanks for being with us here on The Hill. I'm Blake Berman, joined today by Chris Steyerwald, News Nation political editor and senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, Ashley Davis, former George W. Bush White House official, Scott Bolden, the former D.C. Democratic Party chair, and Kelly Meyer, News Nation Washington correspondent. The Hill on News Nation starts right now. Come on in. Thanks for being with us here on The Hill on News Nation. Right off the top from The Hill, a, quote, suicide mission. That is how one Republican senator is describing the work of his colleague from Oklahoma, Senator James Lankford, who is trying to negotiate a border deal with the White House. Now, here are two examples of how backwards border politics seemingly are right now. Lankford, the Republican, is being rebuked by the Oklahoma GOP. For trying to negotiate a border deal. Meantime, the Democratic president now says he'd be willing to shut down the border. And Donald Trump, by the way, the deal-making Republican, is proudly telling Langford to blame him if the deal fails.
1: A lot of the senators are trying to say respectfully they're blaming it on me. I said, that's okay, please blame it on me, please.
0: We are also just hours away from House Republicans dropping articles of impeachment against the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Democratic leadership, who had not placed a focus on the border until just recently, is outraged. This is a political stunt
2: and a hit job ordered by two people,
0: Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene. That right there is the setup as a deal seems stymied, impeachment seems just right around the corner, and oh, by the way, the battle between Texas and the feds continues on. Hello to y'all. Nice to have you in on a Monday. Hi. Hi. <laughs> That's the setup, is it not, Ashley? Is that where we are right now? Yeah, it's a lot. All I got from you out of that was a hi.
3: <laughs> I'm sure well, your view is like totally confused. It's all, it's all, all
0: backwards right now, is it not? Right? Like you got the Democrats saying shut down the border. You've got the Donald Trump, the deal maker, saying no deal. You got. Republicans rebuking Republicans, Chris. So in a, we, the term for politics uh, in an election
2: year, the closer you get to the election, is the silly season, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and real governance isn't supposed to happen because everybody's just posturing and messaging. Now, that you in, in the days of yore, that didn't start until the summer or the late spring. <laughs> well, we're here already. Um, and if I can just take a point of privilege here to say, James Langford, and I don't say this very often. But James Langford is uh, courageous. Uh, this is something we do not see very much. If you think about what Lankford's doing, now, he's not up for re-election until 2028. So, so he, helps, ha- he yeah. has a minute before yeah. he gets primaried in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But what he's doing is, is calling his own party's bluff. Because Republicans, many of the things that are in this package are things that Trump said, well, if only Congress would give me these things, Hmm. then we could take action, then we could fix the border. So here is Lankford that says, okay, you say this is what you want, this is what I'm going to do. And I only call it out because... Political courage is so rare in Washington these days that when you
0: see somebody do it, uh, it deserves a recognition. So, Ashley, let, let me ask you, though, because Donald Trump has come out and said, quote, a border bill is not necessary. And we are now hearing
4: Republicans say a border bill is not necessary, is it? Well, first of all, I think it's very necessary, but I have said a lot over the last few months is that the administration does have a lot of ability to shut down this stuff on their own through just administrative policies. But I agree with you. Senator Langford, Senator Murphy, and Senator Langford is one of the most conservative, totally serious yeah. members He's of the He's a unified yeah. Oklahoman. Yes. And so he is trying to do what's right for the country, and just because the you know former president... So, so what, what about
0: the, what about Democrats saying, uh, the leader of your party saying, shut down the border that would have seemed blasphemous months ago
3: it's not anymore but but you all are being too kind to the republicans this proves this proves pragmatically and politically and accurately that the Republicans, this issue is purely a political issue. They could care less about the border or who comes over or how many come over care less? because that bill that bill gives them everything they've been talking about, including Biden saying, I'll shut it down, you give me the bill, and then the Republicans and Donald Trump said, no, don't give, don't give Biden don't, uh, don't, a victory.
4: First of all, we don't know what's in the bill yet. Oh, exactly. but that's the like, other thing. But, but, oh, there's like no deal and we haven't got the details on it. And the Senate's only in mean. session for the next two weeks. And a lot of those things that's, have been leak or not necessarily. Okay, I'm just so but curious say, to wait, hear we, what wait. voters are
5: saying at, you know, if we go back to a, a Trump rally uh, and talk to his supporters, as we've been talking to them on the campaign trail, all of them say that border is the number one issue. What will they say now when the man they're going to see at this rally is saying, let's wait on that? Oh,
2: Kelly. Because don't you give know, it, no. You know exactly what even, they would say. Even you Trump know exactly says. what they would say. They would say, Trump is right because what they'll do now isn't good enough, and we have to wait until we can have everything. Do you remember where we heard that before? Not good enough. Obamacare. Mm. Remember that? Remember the Ted Cruz shutdown? You remember all of the silly-billy business of 2013 and all of that Mm. stuff? We're not going to do anything until we can do everything. And then they got it, and what they do? Dropped it right on the floor. Correct. But Let's
4: be honest. Uh, no, what let, it let, is let me just say hypocrisy. one more. Hypocrisy. Pure political hypocrisy. Okay, but what about the last three years when all of these, this all happened under the Biden administration? I'm talking yeah, about is it is no. it hypocrisy that all, all of a sudden no. that Biden, no. that the president, no. that Biden,
0: that the president no. is coming out now and would say, you know what, right. I would shut it down? Yes. No, but because yes. he realized he said
3: no, 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 no. He accepts the proposition. That's why I pointed out both sides. He accepts the proposition that he's got a crisis, and it's out of control. And he, he, said can it's the the, he can shut and the border And if you want to blame him, fine, blame him.
4: Now, he's trying to fix it with a bipartisan bill. That's hypocrisy did on the he, part of the GOP. That he knows is going to die in the House, and it's been said No, that it's way permanent. So. It's so, permanent.
0: as the border showdown between the state of Texas, by the way, the federal government continues. We haven't even gotten into that,
4: but <laughs> we're
5: going to
0: right now. Twenty-five Republican governors are standing behind uh, the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, and the state's, quote-unquote, constitutional right to self-defense. Joining us now here on the Hill, the governor from the state of Idaho, Brad Little. Uh, the governor recently deployed Idaho state troopers to assist at the southern border. Mr. Governor, thank you for being with us here on the Hill. I wonder, why'd you do that? Why'd you find, uh, well, find it necessary to send your law enforcement officers down there to the southern border?
6: Well, my job, our job as governors is to keep our people safe. And one of the largest issues right now is drug trafficking, particularly fentanyl, and human trafficking and crime. And that's our job uh, to do that. So we send our state police down to be force multipliers to help Governor Abbott. At the same time, they learn kind of the tricks of the trade, which the cartels, the drug cartels are using to either smuggle drugs or smuggle uh, people all over this great nation.
0: So uh, I hear you mentioned fentanyl. I read that in your release, and you, and you talked to us about it now. Um, I, I want to ask you, though, Governor, about this, this bipartisan deal that the president says we need. And the reason why I bring it up is because he says it includes an additional 1,300 Border Patrol agents, 375 immigration judges, 1,600 asylum officers, and 100 cutting-edge inspection machines to help detect and stop fentanyl at the southern border. So our Republicans here in Washington and Donald Trump in the wrong to kill this deal?
6: I, I, I don't know what the deal is, but I do know that the last time I was down at the border with uh, a half dozen of my uh, fellow governors, we gave a list of 10 different executive action items uh, that the president could do unilaterally at any time. He's talking about using some of them and but he needs to use all of them. And we still need more other action. Uh, but we we governors we're, I, I'm in Idaho and I've been to the border yeah. three times as much as the president and the president's drugs are have been to the uh, have been to the border.
0: Would you would you impeach? You think Republicans are in the right trying to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas? You just you just referenced I, him.
6: I it, it is. It is undeniable that it's a huge problem there. And, in fact, the problem comes from the top, which is the president, and they need to address this problem. And and the president even talks about it once in a while, but he takes absolutely no action. Uh, I, I I know there's some legislative things that need to be done, but there's some things he can do right today. He can do them today, he can do them tomorrow, and significantly, if not totally, stop the flow of both... Illicit drugs and human trafficking, crime, people that are on yeah. our terrorism watch list, stop all of those from coming across the border.
0: Governor, I hear your, your message to the president. You're, you're here on the Hill. Um, so if you could speak to Republicans in Washington, what would you tell them?
6: we got to get it, it, it is the people in Idaho that I talk to every day are just incredibly disgusted. Uh, that we have this problem coming across the border, and they want something done. If the president wants to get something done, he ought to start taking some of these actions, and that would be a great start. But we do need more people on the border. We need more resources on the border. But there's some things he can do today that would stop the flow. And when, when you're down there on the border, the most shocking thing to me is the drug cartels on the other side of the border are controlling the border. It's not the Mexican right. government, and it's not yeah, our no, government. They are we, controlling the report- border.
0: Yeah, we've been reporting on it uh, here on News Nation for a while. It's great to have you on the Hill, Governor uh, Governor Brad Little of the state of Idaho. Thank you for the time, sir. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Yep, Chris. What you hear there?
2: So, the in the standoff between Biden uh, and Greg Abbott, and uh, also Texas's uh, highly embattled, highly controversial <laughs> attorney general, um, the uh, so far Abbott has played well in the sense that all of the almost all of the republican governors in the country have rallied to his cause sending national guards folks down and at some point of course biden could always just nationalize the right. national guard and say actually Democrats have brought up that say actually no but what i see is that in this game of chicken so far Uh, that the Texas governor has played his cards well uh, and is, is succeeding because of the help of
0: normal people like that. Okay, all right. Meantime, President Biden is also talking to his advisors about how the United States will retaliate for the deadly drone strike on an American base in Jordan. Three Army reservists killed and at least 40 U.S. service members injured. U.S. officials are now vowing there will be a response to the deaths, but there was a refusal today... About the details.
2: President and I will not tolerate attack on U.S. forces, and we will take all necessary actions to defend the U.S. and our troops.
7: We will respond. We'll do that on our schedule, in our time, and we'll do it in
1: the manner of the President's choosing as Commander in Chief.
0: The Biden administration says an Iran-backed militia is responsible, but again, has not provided more evidence. Many Republicans are now strongly criticizing the administration, including Senator Lindsey Graham, who says the U.S. should directly attack Iran or its Revolutionary Guard. Quote, anything less will be seen as weakness and will put more Americans in harm's way. He, meaning the president, must act now. Kelly, what did you hear out of the White House today?
5: You know, a lot, of, a lot of questions on where exactly they may be striking next, um, and more so saying that this time is different, obviously because we lost three U.S. service members. I've asked Kirby over and over again over the last several months, since October 17th, all of the attacks that were piling up in Iraq and Syria on our U.S. bases, what happens when one of these injuries turns into a death? And there really wasn't a response. It was mostly, we aren't going to telegraph our movements from the White House podium. Um, um, but now obviously they're going to have to respond they're saying openly they will but they're not saying right. where or when so that
0: is a, a standard answer from right. the White House yeah. right like we're not gonna tell you what we're gonna do so what should the appropriate response be
3: well I what they're struggling with I think at least for the White House is Lindsey Graham wants them to declare war on Iran and the revolutionary Gra- and pull pull us into a full-scale war uh, that I don't think that's in anyone's interest or if that ought to be a last resort Uh, What they're struggling with or what they're deciding is where they hit them, how hard to hit them, and how often to hit them. And I think that's fair consideration. Uh, It's only been about 24 hours, so I would expect something this week to happen.
4: And they're going to do it on their timeline, which I I do agree with. But I do think that it's not – the American people don't need to know every – or us need right. to know any, every detail of our defense strategy. But I'm do. I I'm pretty confident that, that they will do something. I do think that they're going to be drug up to the Hill, meaning the administration, a lot this week, from what I've heard and seen, that they're going to have to answer to the Senate and the House about right. what's going on. And so we'll see.
2: So in talking to uh, a decent uh, national security source, uh, it sounds like the what the Biden administration is most fervently hoping is that this was not Summoned by Iran, hmm. that the, this was a group that w- is backed by Iran, but they mm-hmm. were acting on their own hook, mm-hmm. uh, and that this was not directed from Tehran. If it was <laughs> directed from Tehran, then this, as to the the kind of consequences that Scott alluded to uh, become that's now we've got Iran attacking us right. directly. So okay. that's what they're I think finger their their fingers are crossed that this was a
0: rogue action, not a directed action. All right. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting in my office earlier this afternoon, and I got an email from Kelly Meyer that says scoop. <laughs> Which is the term in Washington for? I got some news. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me, Kelly. So So, uh,
5: yeah, I was talking with some uh, White House sources earlier this afternoon and basically they confirmed that National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan is going to meet with hostage families tomorrow at the White oh. House. Um, so, you know, he has been talking with them throughout this, this war. Um, so kind of talking with them, giving them an update. Also, this is as they may be getting closer to another hostage deal to get more hostages out. So hopefully get some more updates on that as we go going the week and the
0: president sent his top negotiator overseas right or going uh, to go yeah forward.
5: cia uh right. brett mcgurk uh oh. lincoln's also working on this i believe he said today um that you know they have real hope going forward um so hopefully they have good news to share
4: potentially with those hostage meyer dropping yeah. some news, Breaking news <laughs> <in>. <laughs> Wow. And i think the, the guitars came right. out as well yeah said it's going better yeah. than expected
5: yeah yeah so it's positive hopefully um hope some update in this week We might see.
4: Okay. All right, Kelly, thank you.
0: Meantime, coming up here from the Hill. uh, Did you see what happened over the weekend where protesters hurled soup at the Mona Lisa? What that message is all about. And facing pressure from within his own party, President Biden makes a shift on energy policy, what it all means, and why it might potentially line up with the election calendar. Steyerwald breaks it down on the other side of the break. Stay with us. You're watching The Hill here on News Nation. Back here to the Hill on News Nation. So uh, you might have seen this over the weekend, maybe not. Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa at the center of another protest by environmental activists. This was at the Louvre, of course, in Paris. And this time, the item of choice used against it, canned soup. The activists calling for healthy and sustainable food amid a blockade from French farmers. Meantime, back here in the United States, the Biden administration is freezing the approval process for new plants to export liquefied natural gas, LNG. It's a move that's celebrated by environmental groups. So what are the politics behind the president's move? Steyrwalt here to break it all down. Chris?
2: I don't want anybody to throw soup at
0: me while nope, I nope. do
2: this. <laughs> or if they do, make it a, like a nice, uh, like a vichyssoise, something chilled so it doesn't scald me. I would really appreciate that. <clears throat> okay. Maybe the biggest success story in American industry and environment of the past 50 years is the revolution in natural gas in the United States. I want you to look at this handy-dandy chart, thanks to the energy information blah, blah, blah. Uh, And you can see there that throughout the 20th century, natural gas production in the United States was very low, relatively speaking. And then we got better, starting in the 50s and 60s, because we built, you know, there's almost 3 million li- miles of pipelines in these United States transporting natural gas around. So that pipeline network got built out, demand went up, production went up. But then you see it there in 2010, kablooey. Well, I guess that's not what you want to say with natural gas, but <clears throat> a big increase in natural gas output, basically doubling. What happened? Hydraulic fracturing. We figured out how to use... Uh, heavy water, basically, to change geologic structures underground to extract natural gas from places that we couldn't get it before. And it turns out we have an extraordinary amount of natural gas. Previously, we had only used natural gas for home heating some, but also for chemical process. The price was uneven because there'd be spikes in the winter and production wasn't reliable. But as that fracked gas flooded the marketplace, it became possible to do something that no one would have thought of before. Look at the next chart ta-da, that little, uh, that yellow line that you see there is natural gas as a share of the electricity generated in the United States. And you can see coal going way down, dropping down, 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 starting around the same time. What replaced it was not unicorn wishes uh, or whatever else. It was natural gas because it became cheap and abundant thanks to fracking. Who liked that? Barack Obama liked that. Lots of Democrats liked that, and lots of environmentalists liked it as a transition fuel to get us from high carbon coal to lower emission natural gas. And they were just going to bridge the gap. But guess what happened? Guess what happened? Look at the next chart. This one, I just, I have a tie. I think that's actually Blake's tie pattern today. But if you (laughs) squint at the end, you can see greenhouse gas emissions in the United States going down since that boom in natural gas production. It has really worked in pushing down emissions. So... Everybody's happy with natural gas and it's great and nobody has a oh wait a minute, hold on. It people have a huge problem with it. And the people who are throwing stupid things are upset because we're not transitioning out of the transition fuel. As a matter of fact, it's we're finding more than ever and we're going on with natural gas. So enter Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. of Delaware, who has a big problem, which is 25% of Democrats disapprove of Joe Biden's handling of the environmental issues. That's according to a CNN poll. And then here's this other poll from USA Today. 34% of voters 18 to 49 are very unenthusiastic about Biden. So what is he going to do? He's got to do something to suck up to those voters who are uh, very skeptical that he cares enough about global warming and the environment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So what did he do? He said, well, we're going to put a pause on exporting liquefied natural gas. Well, who else exports liquefied natural gas? Here's a chart with flags on it. And I know you can read this because it's just flags. There's Russia, number four. So Joe Biden's in a bind here because if he cuts back on U.S. natural gas exports, that works to Russia's advantage and against his goals in Ukraine. But here's the one that I'm most interested in. Our last graphic, different flags, other flags. No, that's my face. <laughs> show, me, show me the other flags. You see, number two. What is the second highest producing state for natural gas in the United States of America? Why, it's Pennsylvania, the single most important state on the electoral map this cycle for Joe Biden. He's got to have Pennsylvania's votes. Mm -hmm. That's why my bet, and Kelly, I want to know what you think about Mm -hmm. this as a a Pennsylvanian, Mm -hmm. familiar with the workings of Pennsylvania, is (laughs) what I think... Oh yeah, we got Looks a Yinzer there. and a Houston <laughs> Pennsylvanian here. Okay. <laughs> Scott, you're out. Sorry. Illinois doesn't have much gas, except <laughs> yeah. except for in Springfield. No, I like, can't right. No, but my my, 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 <laughs> hunch, <laughs> my hunch my, hunch is, of of my hunch is that what will happen is that Biden will study, pause, mm. get through the primaries, generate some enthusiasm, like say, oh look, we're doing these mm. things that you want, we're getting all this attention. But mark my words, I bet. And I may lose another steak dinner to you. But I bet before we get to the fall that Joe Biden will say to the voters of Pennsylvania, we looked at it and we love it. And here it goes. Pump it. Yeah. Starwalt
0: breaks
4: it down. It actually turns my stomach because we are just handing 87 percent. Oh, I I thought I thought it was. No, no, no. Eighty seven percent of what who we exported to went to the EU. So who's the EU going to get their LNG from? Russia.
2: But yep. on so you're I'm saying all. this summer Australia. President Biden is going to do Australia was number 2. They'll say we studied it, we looked at it right. and it's cool in the gang. We're back we're back to pumping because just from an electoral standpoint <laughs> yeah. right. the co- the cost to Pennsylvania of of ratcheting down on the US uh, natural gas right. market would be Yeah. Would is be, it
5: younger voters or is it Pennsylvania and you know older voters and yeah so. And as you
4: know cuz it's by you. I mean it's all in the Poorer sections of Pennsylvania that are exporting this gas. It's yeah, not but, really. but, the,
3: but the numbers Correct. you put up, the numbers you put up, the 25% and 34%, uh, those weren't like at the 50 or 60% or 70%. So those numbers weren't that high vis-a-vis those who are enthusiastic with Biden about his environmental program. And so I've I was, I was questioned whether 60 or 70% if, if you have, do
2: approve it, if, if, why he would do this. If you have 70% or 66%, Uh, in, uh, not very unenthusiastic. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But you can't, you can't roll with numbers like that. That's okay. not good enough because where you want to be in your own party generally, as a rule of thumb, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the 90, right? 90 is the number that you're looking for in your own party. In, in this era of high polarization, basically you need 90% in your own party. And he doesn't have that right and now. And he doesn't have that right in now. In this because, area. Yes, because yeah. and in, uh, younger voters care a lot more about the environment than older voters. But, of course, who votes in general elections? Old people. Old people love yeah. to vote. Older right. They love to vote.
0: Still to come here, by the way, I didn't. Have, I wrote down geologic structures. I didn't have you on my bingo card mentioning geologic structures. I'm, I'm here, uh, I'm here right. to talk about the Marcellus and Utica no, no, no. trail anytime you want. It was fascinating to me. I was very impressed. Right. Still to come here uh, on the Hill, including Nikki Haley's uh, ramped up rhetoric against former President Trump. She is defending the verdict against the former president in his defamation case. Ashley, we're, we're going to pose some questions oh. here to Ashley. What's going on with Nikki Haley? Whoa. That's uh, on the other side of the break. And be sure to check out our weekly newsletter, Decision Desk HQ, our campaign view. You can subscribe. QR code top right of your screen. Get a slice of our show into your inbox. The Hill on News Nation back in a few. Ashley, writing down notes. Are you, Are you ready for <laughs> yeah, it? Right? for you. See you in a few. to the hill so uh, the former president donald trump he continues to dominate the republican primary his rival though nikki haley is ramping up her attacks against her former boss haley is drawing ire from the trump camp after weighing in on the jury that found trump liable for defaming eugene carroll awarding her more than 83 million dollars
5: I absolutely trust the jury, and I think that they made their decision based on the evidence. I just don't think that should take him off the ballot. I think the American people will take him off the ballot.
0: Joining us now, former Trump White House uh, Principal Deputy Press Secretary Hogan Gidley, friend of the show also. Hogan, thanks for coming back here uh, on the Hill. Um, I play that soundbite for you because Trump World was basically saying that's the kiss of death for her.
1: Is it? I agree. I agree. Um, Nikki's got a lot of problems in this race, not the least of which include she's about to be 0-3 in the primary process and 0-4 if you count South Carolina. I still contend she's going to go around campaigning for a couple of weeks and when she realizes she's going to lose by 35 points in her home state, that she will drop out before South Carolina. Look, there's a difference between being embarrassed and being humiliated, and she's on track to receive a butt whipping in the state of South Carolina because everyone who knows her and knows her best is supporting Donald Trump. It's a real problem for her. But this move to somehow support this verdict is really going to put her at odds with the majority of the base of the Republican Party who see this case in, as one in a long line okay. of a weaponized judicial system and government coming after the former president. Mm-hmm. All right, Hogan, stand by. Ashley, uh, you're in Nikki Haley's
0: world. What do you make of what she said? Was it personal? I actually took
4: her comments differently. I mean, I think she, what she was saying is once again, not to undermine our judicial system, was the jury made the decision. And I think that was the biggest uh, difference in this, what happened on Friday with him being found guilty and the amount of money was that was the jury saying it It wasn't just some Democrat judge that he has been um, going up against or, you know, criticizing. It was an actual jury of his peers that decided that.
0: Well, what would you say to Hogan that she's going to get... You know, destroyed in South Carolina, and this is the end of her within the party of Trump, et cetera. I
4: mean, I don't, I don't think that she's going away anytime soon. She has money. She has lots of money. Since what happened um, on New Hamp in New Hampshire election night, primary night, she's raised four million dollars in the last week on small dollars. She's continuing to raise a lot of money, so I don't think she's going to go out. And I know a lot of people say she's going to lose, you know, South Carolina by 30 points, and I don't think that she's going to go out before south carolina what if she loses by 10
2: oh okay. like how do you move forward oh she can go if she if yeah. she if she could close that to to if she could do the same thing and i i agree with hogan directionally that she is unlikely to do that well in south carolina uh but if she could replicate her performance in south carolina that she did in new, new hampshire, hampshire yeah. that'd be that'd be plenty for her to keep uh, plotting ahead,
5: but at the end of the day, she needs the delegates, right? She has to win these states to even become the nominee, right? So, if- yeah, and
4: I, I mean, I also think that there's so many things hanging out there in regards to all of his lawsuits and what's going to happen with some of his decisions, with the Supreme Court decision on the ballot. That why is there any reason to get out just because the the former president's campaign is telling you to. Hang around the
2: basket, maybe you get a rebound. <laughs>
4: <Or> she <laughs> might be the last candidate standing, and
3: she's got enough money to hang around and stand. You know, the, the weaponization of the judicial system, the civil judicial system, is a, is a harder argument to make by Republicans because this was a jury of his peers they made factual findings and then they they made decisions on not only punitive damages but actual losses by uh the plaintiffs so it's hard to say there's a dual justice system or that this was somehow weaponized against Donald Trump he drives a negative narrative his conduct brought him
0: there H- Hogan so it sounds like uh, Ashley's saying that Nikki Haley is going to be staying around for quite some time you take
1: any issue with her hanging around well, I mean, uh, if she's got she the money the- She's got the money, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing. I think Donald Trump is, is ready to get you know, onto the business of a general election and focus all of his time and his, his money on Joe Biden, and the rest of the Republican Party wants to do that as well, at least a vast majority of them. Nikki Haley can shave that lead Donald Trump has of 30 points right now down to 10. He can, she can shave it to two. She can sh- shave it to one. But at some point, you have to win one of these states, and right now it doesn't look like she has a pathway to do that. In any of the upcoming contests, that's what the real problem for Nikki is. And if she wants to wait around and think that the court system is going to somehow sink the campaign, and she's just going to stand there and be the beneficiary of it, maybe. But she doesn't have the base, and she will never have that base because she runs so many positions counterintuitive to where this Republican Party is now, and she's still living in the early 2000s. That's the biggest problem for her, as I see it. She can't coalesce. Do you think she's knocked herself out now around her campaign? You think she's knocked herself out of the V.P. stakes?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Would she want that?
4: I don't think. I mean, I, I, I think they both said the, President Trump and Nikki were like, no, we're, we're not either doing <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. I, I agree we're with him
2: 100%. If she could somehow make it close, uh, she might force Trump's hand. But
0: okay. uh, right, right now, I agree.
4: I mean, she's a 52-year-old woman It has a lot of time ahead of her. I mean, who knows what will happen. 52 in years old, that means you
0: can run for president for 30 years, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> These days. <laughs>
4: Hopefully so, not. I mean, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh,
0: by the way, so turning to another uh, campaign issue, Republicans have long decried what they considered a two-tiered justicism. They often point to mo- multiple legal cases facing the former president. Did you catch this headline today, though? Quote, ex-IRS contractor gets five years in prison for leak of tax return information of Trump and rich people. Some other folks. (laughs) Basically, the guy leaked Trump's tax returns. uh, And the judge threw the book at him. Five years. Hogan, I hear two-tier justice system all the time. The Biden DOJ just just threw the book at this guy who who
1: made things miserable for Trump. Okay. The exception proves the rule, Blake. I mean, my goodness, you're talking about one case here. in which they released the tax returns in the first place. We couldn't get Hunter Biden's tax returns for five years when the government actually had them. Donald Trump runs for president and someone puts them out in the press. Look, this will do nothing to contail the concerns so many on the right have about how this government is going after certain citizens in this country just for their political beliefs. If you like the wrong tweet or you download the wrong podcast or you go to the wrong speech or you come on the wrong show, I'm looking at you, Blake Berman. Who knows what the government's going to do? What the government's going to do is
3: coming after. Hogan, I can give you thousands of cases where the government has gone after uh, not only Republicans but Democrats, bad behavior and bad conduct like Donald Trump drive that narrative. Here, this individual, not only leaked tax returns, not only against Trump, but other wealthy people like Bezos, and he was given the book. He'd never been in trouble before, and this judge, a Democratic-appointed judge, gave him the max. The, the hypocrisy Good. of believing that we've got a two-tier justice system—this flies in the face of it. You've got to agree with that, don't you?
1: That's not what I said. What I said was this: kind of, this exception kind of proves the rule. We've seen what the government—and I'm saying you, it's the you, rule. What, well, right, but I disagree with that assessment because you're talking about <laughs> one case. You're talking about one case here where justice was served. When when you're on the left, whether you're Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden or or Hunter Biden or Bill Clinton, law doesn't really matter. It doesn't apply to you so much as it does when you're on the right because the bar is so much different. The media comes after you. The establishment comes after you. The whole thing is different. And this will be what the campaign, quite frankly, is going to be about. Hogan, I got to run. Chiefs or Niners? (laughs) I want Niners
0: bad, but I don't okay. know that
5: she's <laughs> wrong,
0: Hogan Gidley, we'll leave it there. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Hogan. Appreciate it. Uh, reason why I asked. Coming up, could President Biden's campaign turn to Taylor Swift? Uh, the headlines that are actually posing that question. And he was selected dead last in the 2022 draft. Known as Mr. Irrelevant. But yesterday, Brock Purdy... Help the San Francisco 49ers get to the Super Bowl. So think about this question for a second, and, and I want you to join us on the other side with it. Who is your Brock Purdy of politics? The Hill on News Nation, back in a few. I got a good one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by.
1: Grainger, for the ones who get it done. Have a potential whale in their
0: sights. A new piece from the New York Times explains how, quote, the biggest and most influential endorsement target is... Taylor Swift, Uh. who can move millions of supporters with an Instagram post or a mid concert aside. I guess they were even saying Kelly in that piece that like the campaign was joking about maybe even sending him to a concert or
5: oh,
4: stuff. oh. This <laughs>
5: <great>. <laughs> he probably knows the songs right i would think i don't know i mean we were just talking about it i think she was getting people out to register to vote earlier this year she definitely has an impact we were talking about younger voters um who he needs enthusiasm i don't know whether or not you know she'll get behind okay. him and do this
0: all that that sounds reasoned and logic why were you going uh, <laughs> Well, it's super cringe on
2: Biden's part. It's the cringiest kind of like, "Hello, well, wait fellow." Wait a minute. Kid. Now, older no.
3: Americans like Taylor Swift, I, I, but they can I, go to concerts. I, I mean, I'm my not, grandfather not, went I'm to not, concerts I'm not, with me. I'm not
2: barring Joe Biden from attending a Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> okay, then. What let's, I'm saying let's... is the thirstiness of seeking celebrity endorsements in politics. Here's what we know: yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. You that you suck up to these uh, celebrities. You go around. Nobody is following Taylor Swift to the polls. That's not how that works, and it it doesn't work in the past. People in the past, Barack Obama had a lot of celebrity endorsements because Barack Obama was cool. Right, mm-hmm. And they were coming to him. Yeah. But if you're going to them like, hey, Tay-Tay, we'd love it if you <laughs> get on board the campaign bus and uh, we're going to do all that, that's a big thumbs down. Get but, but
3: the endorsement comes with work, money, and mobilizing voters, which is a full endorsement by Taylor Swift... I could, see <laughs> <with Taylor Swift. laughs> I could see him campaigning with Taylor Swift. I can see him campaigning with Taylor Swift in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, and knocking on doors. But uh, <laughs> it'd be awesome.
4: I dying, imagine that don't, hate, don't hate on the Taylor <laughs> you Swift. Think those brother, the brothers, the Jonas Brothers. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> the brothers. brothers. I can't oh, the imagine brothers. that they're Democrats. I think they're Republicans.
2: They look like Republicans. Their mom looks like a Republican. That is true. All
4: right. While we're on
0: the subject.
2: And another
4: thing.
0: Uh, Taylor Swift was at the big game uh, over the weekend to watch her boyfriend. And the Chiefs advanced to the Super Bowl. Now, the, the, I don't know if you saw this moment. The cameras found her early and often, like all the time. Like he breathed and there was a camera on her. Um, and maybe a little bit more than she would like. Because uh, there was a moment that went viral. She looked at the cameras and she said, go away, please. Basically like enough is enough with the cameras on me. Uh, Scott, if someone could go away in politics, who would you want? Marjorie Taylor Greene. (laughs) She could go away,
3: and it's amazing that she keeps getting reelected, but she's in one of these safe districts, and uh, she makes life difficult for both Republicans and the Democrats, as well as most Americans. And she's annoying. Who who do
4: you want? Annoying. 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 (laughs) Matt Gaetz, for sure.
2: But the hair is
3: so good. Johnny (laughs) Bravo. That's Johnny
4: Bravo.
2: Kelly, Kelly, I, I, I want to put you in the spot? I don't you know if you want to be on the
5: spot or not. I mean, no, I'm not, yeah. not going to put you yeah. on the spot. I'm <laughs> going to keep the
0: two
2: journalists out of this. Yeah. I, will, I will say one place where the cameras should go away right. is in uh, congressional hearing rooms. Mm, uh, in those one. committee rooms. I uh-huh. Get the on cameras out of there and let them do their the work. Yeah, are you right. saying right.
4: that Republicans aren't like, or... Are not attractive or something. Like, what were you saying about the mom? <laughs> no, she looks like a Pennsylvania I,
2: Republican I moved mom. Move that one on. Well, are, what, you're a Republican. I mean, it's not. It's not an attractiveness thing. She's a soup loving in an affair. She's not throwing soup. She's making chunky soup. It seems like a Pennsylvania All Republican
0: right. mom. So on the other on the other side, Brock Purdy, quarterback of the 49ers. last pick in the 2022 draft, Mister Irrelevant. Um, who's the Brock Purdy of politics? Someone who was like. Unknown a few years ago and is now front and center limelight. Oh, it has to be now? Or, or whoever. Because the answer,
2: obviously, is Calvin Coolidge. We all know. <laughs> wow. We all know that Calvin Coolidge's unlikely rise uh, from a small town mayor to the governor of Massachusetts to the unexpected vice presidential nominee of 1920 That's as one of the, one. One of wow. the great out-of-nowhere stories, thanks to the Boston police strike, vaulted him in, huh. unlikely events at a convention. Mwah. I don't okay. have history like that. It'd have to be <laughs> Mike Johnson, though, wouldn't it be? <laughs> house Speaker,
3: somebody current, and someone who came out of nowhere, even though he was a big Trump supporter, no, you didn't go. know he was yeah. the architect of, so, like, who, of the uh, no challenge in 2020. Still, exactly knew he was I was was yes. Yes. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they still don't know who he is. I still no. think he no. might we be We know he is now inside. I'm waiting, <laughs> I'm waiting to see. He may be AI. Brock so. Purdy of politics. <laughs> I was watching
5: for, maybe he's getting there, but uh, the Maryland governor? What, Westmore? Ooh, Westmore. Westmore.
2: Oh, oh, he Westmore. Oh, yeah. the beer yes, in
0: the parking lot. We say. didn't show that video. Yes. It's a good sign. So, he's a good kind of yeah. Yeah. yeah, he shotgun with a Maryland yeah. governor, yeah. Westmore, with shotgun in a beer. Yeah, 2028. Did, uh, did, be did he do it well?
4: Yeah, he took it down in like three seconds. I don't think he took it down. I don't think he took it down. that was Big Ten stuff. I the speaker, yeah too. I mean, yeah. sometimes I don't even remember that he was...
0: Yeah. That he is, was where he was. He's he 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 a pretty
4: plain name, too. <laughs> Potentially.
2: Mike Johnson. Yeah, so that's that's one with you all. Yeah, Thanks, good. Good.
0: Thanks for hanging out today.
4: Wait, you, who'd you say?
0: Uh, I thought Mike Johnson was a good answer. I was going to bring it up. But that one was fed to me. Someone was like, Mike Johnson. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. He's kind Calvin, of a Coolidge. That's deeper I knowledge. Yeah. Okay, Leland Vitter joins me on the other side of the break when The Hill returns. Good stuff, everyone. We'll be back here on The Hill. Welcome back here to The Hill on News Nation, and we end tonight with Snoop Dogg and politics, believe it or not. In an exclusive interview with The Sunday Times, Snoop Dogg says he has, quote, nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump. It's in reference to Trump pardoning one of uh, Snoop's friends, Michael Harris, who was the co-founder of Death Row Records. Joining me now, host of On Balance, Leland Vitter. Leland, uh, Snoop and Trump. Side by side. It sounds like an endorsement, or yeah. at least gets up to it.
7: Look, we're in the age of celebrity endorsements yep. you guys talked about, talking about it with Taylor it, yeah. Swift. I think the second part of this is we're seeing a realignment when it comes to African-American. We are. Men. Yep. The, the concept of criminal justice reform that Donald mm-hmm. Trump went through, uh, we had on somebody else who Donald Trump pardoned, is part, part of criminal justice reform was let out. Um, and there is a real change here in the tectonic plates. Yep. Uh, and you think about this, Charlemagne the God.
0: Yep, who's um, been a big critic who, a big of President, president of Biden.
7: President Biden. Very there's, a lo- there's a lot of African American men now who are going to start being courted in this.
0: The, the African American vote for Mitt Romney was close to nothing. Right. Donald Trump, uh, at one of his uh, last elections, I think the last election was at like eight points. Um, you look at polling, it's in the 20s right, right. now. And that is a huge uh, Democratic base traditionally. Well, traditionally for sure. Traditionally,
7: so just, yes. this, this is the other thing. You, ten points of the African-American male vote doesn't sound like a lot. It's you. Until you get to Detroit, Georgia. until you get to Philadelphia, right. until you get to Georgia, right, right. until you get to North Carolina. And that's the ball game right there. And I think it's why you saw President Biden in South Carolina. It's another big reason he's having issues with Israel right now. Mm-hmm. Black pastors have been very tough on President Biden on Israel. It's a, a place that he uh, feels some pain. I think Dean Phillips would take the
0: Snoop Dogg endorsement if he could get it. I
7: think Dean Phillips would take any endorsement <laughs> that he could get at this point. You got
0: him coming up, right? He'll be coming up. Uh, on uh, on balance tonight. Leland Vitter, uh, moments away here with uh, the congressman from Minnesota, the presidential candidate as well. Thanks for watching us here on The Hill on News Nation. Set your DVRs to watch us 6 o'clock Eastern if you need to. We'll be back here tomorrow, of course, on balance.